calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, a podcast hosted by two Wonder Women. From the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. And from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. If you have been listening to the podcast forever, then thank you, as always, for joining us. If you are new, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, here is what's been going on lately. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place for us to check in, touch base about what's going on in the podcast life, in our lives, or just in the greater queer world. And starting us off this week, again, we are reminding everyone we have our first live show Heck coming yeah, up. Heck yeah, we do. February 18th at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Uh, you can buy your tickets Early, they are $16. If you get them at the door, they are $20. Uh, so we recommend getting them early. Yes. And I'm so excited. I went to Queerioke the other night, and one of my friends at Queerioke, who, like, of like we're friends, but we literally, like, only see each other at Queerioke. She lives in Boston, obviously. She was like, I just got tickets to your show. And yes. I was like, oh, my God, that is so sweet. So I'm really excited. A lot of people from Boston are going to be making the trip. So hopefully we see yeah a bunch of you from New York. And if you're close to New York, take the weekend. It's going to be really fun. It's great. It's a holiday weekend. Make yeah. a trip out of it. Yeah. Come hang out. Come hang out with us. And another exciting update. We just made our third goal on Patreon, which is $500 a month, which is Woo-hoo. freaking amazing. You guys are incredible. And that means that we are that much closer to making our live shows happen. We can use that money for travel. We can use that money to go to Clexicon, which we will definitely be at. Some people were asking us on our Instagram. We will for sure be at Clexicon this year. So we would love to see you all there. And now on to our fourth goal, which is $1,000 a month, which I think we can freaking crush. So if you want to help us, you can go to bit.ly slash lespatreon. We say it all the time, we could not do this without our Patreon support. It's how we're making the live show happen. So if you want to see us more, see more live shows, see us at more conventions, that's what lets us make all these things happen. And we really couldn't do it without that support. So thank you so much to everyone that's a part of our Patreon family. 
Heck yes. And what is happening in the general lesdom is that the first Italian woman to come out publicly passed away recently, Maria Silvia Spilato, and she came out at a feminist rally in 1972. Yes, we just wanted to take an opportunity to, uh, you know, comment on that action, how important that is. You know, we have friends that we know who are uh, queer women who are Italian. And from what we hear, it is not still a very easy thing in the country necessarily, especially I think depending on where you live, like how accepted that is. So um, it's certainly something that wasn't easy for Maria Silvia. She had a, a pretty rough life after coming out. And we just thought it was worth at least, you know, honoring her memory and how, you know, monumental that was. Other European happenings, we're doing a lot of Europe in our this week. There's the Diva Music Festival happening this weekend. It's November 30th to December 3rd in Great Yarmouth uh, in England. So Great Yarmouth. Great Yarmouth. Uh, (laughs) Definitely check that out. Lee and I will be there. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Doing an entire set of Less Central songs. That would be sort of amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. But Katie Tunstall's headlining. I'm sure it's going to be I'm sure it's going to be an awesome weekend. It's like everything yes. that I love, music and lesbians. So like one one of these days, <laughs> even if I'm not on stage, I will be at the festival. So check that out if you're, you know, in the UK or somewhere nearby oh, or yeah. just like traveling. I don't know. You know. Just like hanging out with lesbians in a field, you know? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Finally, we hope that everyone had a great Thanksgiving last week. We are now gearing up for Christmas. Oh, Um, my God. So, you know... Let us know. Let us know what's been happening. Send us send us pics. Send us updates. Yes. We love it. And that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. And welcome, everyone, to episode 208, our next installment of Les Centrals. Les Centrals is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian or queer movies or shows. And as a reminder, we also write and record an original song for each Les Central. So stick around to the end of the episode to hear the song for this week which we're very excited about. It's going to be so great. When Lee sent it to me, I was so excited. I (laughs) had to go pretty wild on this production. So we're pumped and you really want to listen to it. For this Les Centrals episode, we're going to be breaking down a more recent smash hit, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. You may have heard of it. You may have seen it. Maybe. I think some people mentioned it was was kind of okay. It was kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. I, Uh, I loved it. We will talk. We'll we'll talk about it because it's the first time I've seen it for this episode. We're gonna have some feelings yeah, about this movie. Lots of feelings. It's fine. It was not the first time I've seen it. I've seen it many, many times now. This was a great excuse to rewatch it. You know, a couple times. Yeah. Just, just I had to rewatch it again. Maybe take more detailed notes. So that's why you had to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with the movie, it came out last year, 2017. It was written and directed by Angela Robinson. Just as a quick side note on that, you might remember the name Angela Robinson, if you're familiar. Our very first ever Les Essentials episode, Debs, Debs. <laughs> also written and directed by Angela Robinson. So Angela Robinson is a true friend of the gays. Uh, yes, killing it, crushing it, just making more things happen. And what a difference from Debs to here, right? Oh yeah, very different <laughs> film, but both very different equally films. good in oh different my God, ways. Love them. 
Love them. Professor Marston and the Wonder Women stars Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall, and Bella Heathcote. And the IMDb synopsis is... The story of psychologist William Moulton Marston and his polyamorous relationship with his wife and their mistress, who would inspire his creation of the superheroine Wonder Woman. Oh, oh lordy. What a synopsis and actually accurate for once. It is actually accurate. Yeah. The only thing I don't like is that they call all of the mistress. The mistress, yeah. I kind of want to be like his two wives. yeah. You're right. right. Well, they didn't technically get married, but she's definitely not his mistress. Like, girlfriend? Partner? Uh, Yeah, partner. Their partner? I I want there to be something that's a little less, like, scandalous. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just, I feel like it puts her in a different category than I, I think she belongs in. So that's my only issue with the IMDb blurb. Otherwise, yes, I think it's certainly a more accurate, you know, overview of the film than we see in those sometimes. Yes, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. We open credits on the present day. So the movie's kind of told in two different timelines. There's the present day timeline, which I think is set in the mid 40s, mm-hmm. 1940s. And then um, it, it continuously jumps back into the late 1920s. And we open in this 1940s sequence of children going around gathering all their Wonder Woman comics and paraphernalia because boy, are we going to have a burning party oh no so they are tossing those all in a bonfire they are cheering the destruction of these comics while professor marston looks on sadly Mm -hmm. and is defending them to connie britton (laughs) which i just love she's such a great actress Yes. Like, yes. she's just so good. And I was like, I sort of hate you, but I also love you. I'm very <laughs> conflicted here. He is at a hearing trying to defend Wonder Woman from all of these claims that it is inappropriate, it is perverse, it is filled with sexual deviance and all that good stuff. Which, to be real, is not that untrue. Oh, no, it was, I mean, it was totally true, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so much of the stuff that he, that's in there, I'm just like, but on the other hand, there's a lot of, like, weird shit in comics no matter what. Right. You know? And everywhere. I mean, there's a lot of weird shit in movies and in songs. and not everything that is created for children, like, is devoid of sex. Right, exactly. There's Um, a lot of sex appeal to Wonder Woman. Either way, though, he has to try to defend the upstanding moral character of Wonder Woman. And as he does that, you know, we're going to have the dialogue sort of lead us through his personal life and what led to the creation of Wonder Woman. And so that starts with our first flashback. We jump back to Harvard Radcliffe College, yes. 1928. Um, and what I love is the opening line of of starting this story. The first thing we see with younger William Marston is him opening his class with the question, are you normal? What is normal? <laughs> yes, and Which, that's what we're going to examine for this whole movie. Yes, it's perfect. Yeah, it's, it's such so a perfect good. opening line. I love it. I love that that's sort of like setting the scene, setting the entire theme of this movie. What does that even mean, right? Like, what does it mean to be normal? And who mm-hmm. is normal? And who decides what is normal? Because that, I, it's basically, that's the whole crux of everything in this movie. Yep. 
It's so crazy. I love that. I love that that's his opening line. I love even more Elizabeth's first line in the movie. So we, we meet William Marston. We meet his wife, Elizabeth, and her first thing she ever says in the film the cocksuckers denied me again. Yes. I love <laughs> yes. her so much. Oh, and this God. is actually like part, I added this as part of the drinking game. Like every time she complains about Harvard versus Radcliffe, yes. <laughs> you're just like, because yes, she's like, okay, yeah, they're going to give me a degree from Radcliffe, but why won't they just give me one from Harvard? Like I'm just as smart, more, I'm even smarter yeah, than smarter. the men at fucking Harvard. The so-called men. I feel like you could just have a, a drinking rule of like every time Elizabeth complains about men. Yes. Because good Lord, does she complain about men all the time? And every single time she does it, like from, you know, this vantage point of 2018, I'm like, what a mood. Like, yes. what a 2018 mood represented by 1928 Elizabeth Marston. Oh, yeah. I just she's think it's amazing. She is a fierce feminist icon. And like, <laughs> she's especially amazing. like in that time, like, oh, my yes. God, she's just she's amazing. She's amazing. Rebecca Hall is amazing in the role. Mm-hmm. She's just great. She's I mean, he calls her a grade A bitch at some point, which is not inaccurate, but yeah. like she owns it and I love it. I feel like he says that to her as a compliment. Like she likes yes. it. Yeah. She's like, yeah. yeah, I'm a bitch. Like I own Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Also like honorable mention to every time she's in the window. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? When she just is lounging in the window of his classroom. Yeah. Yep. Like <laughs> I just love that that's how we usually see her. Like you're just like, I love it. she's panned to being like. <laughs> I'm really the one who's in charge in this classroom, just so you all know. Also, shout out to its prohibition years, and they just have, like, a secret beaker filled with liquor, like, stashed in a closet somewhere. She's like, where's the the alcohol? He's like, where's the alcohol? Just in this test tube. You know, it's like, here's a flask, but, like, not like a, a hip flask, like a... Laboratory flask. Oh, yeah, I don't know. intellectual just, flask. Yeah, they're yeah. hilarious. I love, like, because they don't really talk about the fact that it's prohibition a lot. Like, Olive mentions it at one point, but I just, God, I love how they, like, work that in there, that they're just like, fuck mm-hmm. the rules. Because that's, you know. Well, that's, that's their whole thing. Again, like that's that, kind of them. Yeah, their whole existence is, like, fuck the rules, fuck society. Just because somebody tells us we can't drink doesn't, like, we're going to drink. We're going to do all this other shit. I, I feel them. like an alternate synopsis of this movie could just be the phrase, damn the man. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is Professor Marston about? Damn the man. Yeah, the, the man answer. does not exist. Yes. Yes. Okay, so our next scene, they're outside in the the quad on the stairs. They are observing the co-eds, you know. Well, I guess they're not co-eds at this point. They're observing the the unco-eds co-wing together yeah what what <laughs> however you want to phrase that they're observing the mating rituals of undergrads College. basically yeah uh and who are they watching who else olive olive burn i just love how they're like examining her like she's some type of experiment yes they're like, yeah well Look and at- which he literally says i, I want to study her you yeah know? Um, which is like uh, an interesting euphemism for have sex with. Yeah, um, you know. Just, we study. Is that what the kids were calling it in 1928? <laughs> I just want to cool. study you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I also really love this scene sets up, I think, this idea that's very common in polyamorous relationships of couples that are very open and honest about sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like they're studying all these women and Elizabeth is like, 
she's beautiful. Like, you think she's beautiful. You, like, you want to have sex with her. Like, I know you do. You know? And, like, they're very open about it. That girl over there is, like, the most sexually desirable woman on this campus or whatever. You know? And they're just talking about it openly as husband and wife. Right. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. It is. And it's also, I think, I really love how Elizabeth points it out here. Olive is going to point it out later in the film that they they really kind of dig in hard to this idea that like beauty in a woman is not always a blessing. It can be a handicap in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways, you know, and so they, they kind of start touching on that idea here that. Elizabeth is certainly aware of that, right? Mm-hmm. That there's kind of this double-edged sword to being an object of desire as a woman. So, yeah, yeah I, I the whole scene, it's, it's great. It's great character development for the two of them. We're learning a lot about, you know, their relationship, how they communicate with each other, how they feel about certain things. You know, you have Elizabeth having this great, like, yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm yeah. your wife, not your jailer, you know? Yeah, she says, I think she says, like, literally, I don't experience sexual jealousy. Right, right. Like, Which is like oh. also such bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we're like, well, we'll see about that, Elizabeth. But <laughs> such bullshit because literally the next scene is Olive coming in to TA the class with them, and they have this great confrontation with her and Elizabeth. Basically, Elizabeth saying, "Please don't fuck my husband." <laughs> Basically, that's ex- those are exactly the words. The, she yes, literally says those words to her. Don't fuck my husband. Like, so Please do me the favor of not fucking my husband which like i just i love elizabeth let's just put it that way she's so just so great yeah well she's so what you see is what you get like she is very like straightforward she knows herself like you know exactly what she's thinking at every moment (laughs) yeah she tact is not her strongest point yeah because that's i mean you know literally olive comes in to say oh my god it's so great to meet you i'm taing your class don't fuck my husband yeah she's like oh uh, okay (laughs) yeah and not good because then olive is like all right well then i'm not gonna ta like i feel ridiculously uncomfortable here yes yeah and so this this sort of lays the groundwork for um the introduction of a arc that we're gonna have through the movie which is William Moulton Marston's disc theory. And disc theory was his theory on, you know, kind of all human relations breaking down into four categories. And this is where we hit the first one of those, which is dominance. Yes. And so the the intro of, you know, obviously Elizabeth just coming out swinging yep. <laughs> as a dominant force in this movie. That's kind of, you know, we get this, these great, we keep flashing back to him writing the words on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. So we are now in dominance. Dominance starts off with a bang. Don't fuck my husband. Making Olive cry. <laughs> yeah. Poor Olive. Poor Olive is going to be a running theme in this yeah. movie. And, you know, God bless Bella Heathcote. She's fantastic in this. She is able to just rip your heart out with her emotions. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. But I just, I want to touch real quickly on one of those places where she's going to do that, which is this scene where she's talking to Elizabeth and, and Bill after the confrontation with Elizabeth. Yes. So Elizabeth is trying to apologize. And she says very clearly what, you know, what I think we were commenting on when they were observing her from the stairs in the quad. She says, nobody ever sees me or hears me 
It's just noise and hostility and lies. Ugh. Yeah. Olive. Ugh. Well, because she's so beautiful that it's like this student wants to learn, wants to especially learn from Elizabeth, as we find out later. (laughs) Is learn another 1928 euphemism that I'm not aware of? Yeah, she wants to study her. She wants to learn from her. God, they had such educational euphemisms back in the day. Yeah, they have a very educational relationship. Good. And the first thing people see when they look at her is sex. Right. Yeah, and she's like, I have a lot to say. I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to contribute. She becomes an object, not a person, mm-hmm. like immediately with everybody in her life. And yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking, but it's also like so relatable, I think, yeah. for, you know, for most women. I mean, regardless of anything else, I think the idea that that you get lost in the reality of being a woman, yeah, you know, as opposed to being you as a person, I think is something that, you know, probably we've all experienced at one time or another especially in all these scenarios like to be taken seriously no matter what as a woman right exactly so there's that and that scene leads us into the other side of elizabeth that i think is is also an equal we can talk about yes she's she's dominant and yes she can be a bitch and yes she has no tact but she leads us out of that scene with this great quote of how are you going to learn anything at all about life if you refuse to live it yep which, again, I got there's just there's so much of this movie that like I want to dig into. Ugh. They yep. use that scene to to jump us into a speakeasy. And I want to touch on the speakeasy real quick just because of this awesome penis envy discussion that they're having. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yes. We're yes. Drunken conversations about penis envy. And- Which I feel like reminds me of me. Like, I feel like I've had that conversation when I've been drunk, just because I personally, like, whoever, whatever your personal preference is, it's fine. But I personally right. am like, penises are gross. I like having a vagina. <laughs> like, I, yeah. whatever. So, like, Elizabeth's whole thing being like, no, like, actual, the, the actual physical appendage, yeah. like, I don't want. And the metaphorical one, right, which I love, I love Bill, uh, Bill describing it as like, it's not just penetrating the woman, but penetrating life. So, and yeah. I feel like you need that, like, pitch perfect gif of like, not nah, a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. And that's where, you know, Olive commenting on how may- maybe she does have metaphorical penis envy, you know, of, mm-hmm. of envying men's position and ability to be seen different you know in a way that's Mm -hmm. completely different than how she's always perceived by people yeah i also love that they cover how she is descended from two of the most radical feminists in the world and yet was raised by nuns in a convent which i also think is great because knowing what we're gonna learn about olive very soon i love how like i feel like this makes a great argument for nature versus nurture (laughs) yes like and also can... like religious suppression oh, like yeah, i feel like God. as like that like a uh, good catholic girl is always a little bit kinky let's be mm. real yeah and boy is she gonna get kinky yep there will there will be some of that yep starting with i think very soon after this is our sorority scene oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i just need to tell people so Lee started writing this song before I had seen the movie. (laughs) 
And she's like, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but do you think that you could like cut in some audio? Like if it was maybe just like spanking and then some sounds after spanking. Like a moan. Do you think like you a could moan? cut that? Do you think you could cut song? that in? <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't want to like, give anything I watched the movie away. that night. I was like, okay, I need to watch immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw, uh, saw the scene. I was like, oh, okay. Yep, I, I get just, it now. I get it. I had a vision, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so the sorority. Uh, look, I went to a college that didn't have any Greek life. So I will leave it to other people to tell me how accurate I mean, I was in a sorority, and I feel like is. that you might never, have been happening, but probably behind closed doors. We had a lot you of You never paddled anyone? So. Yeah, that wasn't really like a part of the sorority thing, <laughs> but I'm just saying maybe two sisters might have, you know, engaged in some activities. So this sorority induction of pledges includes dressing them up in diapers like babies. Yep. And if they speak out of turn, paddling them over your knee like you do. Yeah. Like you do when a baby misbehaves, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is what I love, too, about this whole thing of, oh, we have this woman who's going to be, like, interrogating you about the sexual morals of your comic book. And, like, there was a lot of stuff in, like, the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. Like, all the time, there's, like, everything always kind of has this underlying weird kink factor to stuff like this, oh yeah you know well, because like, everything was i feel like it's like that repressed yeah repressed yeah. everything was so repressed so there's yeah. just like these two opposing ideas of human nature like humans love sex and love drinking and love like having a good time yeah. and then prohibition and like all of this like puritanical values that we that always is just an issue i think in america it all has to come out somewhere yeah um yeah. and in this case it's coming out in Pledge Master Olive, discipline your charge. And boy, does she. Oh, God. That, and we also have to say <laughs> that Professor Marston and Elizabeth yeah. are watching. Yes. They're like hiding somewhere watching this whole thing as research. Yeah. Again, Which I'm like, research. <laughs> research. Good, good euphemism. They're, yeah, their research is very thinly veiled. I think there's a point... This is, like, much later, but I feel like I want to bring it up now. There's a point where Elizabeth says, like, I'm sick of you reconciling your work with the desires of your cock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justifying yeah. the whims of your cock with science. Yes. Yeah, I think it's later in the movie, but God, what a great quote. But, like, what a great line, and also I just think something to keep in mind. Yes. I mean, I don't think he's wrong, but it is true that, like, he's, like, this is all for science yet yeah, he's yeah, yeah, turned yeah. on and he starts touching his wife right during that i mean they both are turned on by olive spanking this and girl. so is olive i mean yeah. let's be real she's, and so I, she's yeah. not not only a little bit into it <laughs> oh yeah she's like oh wait i really like this interesting yes. although she's not quite willing to say it yet oh yeah but it definitely starts that little spark of huh like all three of us uh -huh. have a little something in common here uh -huh. that we like might not have known before. Yes. Yeah. And when they try to unpack that whole scene, she Olive is not quite she's not quite ready to step through that door yet, you know? Oh yeah. She doesn't want to admit to being aroused mm -hmm. by the the disciplining. 
and they are all three of them having in my notes I just wrote this is the most lesbian conversation ever it's like how did it make you feel well how did it make you feel well I felt aroused well let's discuss that and be open about you know (laughs) yeah why well what what are these like like, things that led to that feeling so much processing I loved it loved it yeah well, yeah, that's why this is such a good, like, queer film. Yes. Because it is, like, all about just, like, processing feelings, unpacking relationships. It's the whole uh-huh. point of the whole movie. And the the critical part of this scene is that they realize there might be a quantitative thing that you could measure to use for their lie detector. Yes. And that is your systolic blood pressure would rise. So she's watching Olive lie about being turned on by spanking this girl and... Elizabeth gets an idea to make their lie detector test. Um, also, I love, they're such nerds. Like, you could fucking measure that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you're so excited about science. You're like, and so I love excited it. about measurements. Yes. Um, also, gives us this really great quote from Bill where he says, Your heart pumps a record of the truth, which I, what a great line. Mm-hmm. Such a great line. So that's their lie detector creation. We get this great um, montage making the lie detector, working together, doing all these test runs and everything. One of a few excellent montages in the film. <laughs> oh my god, yes. We will get to some others. Also, I want us to touch real quick on the scene uh, in the field with the airplanes. Yes. Which, I again, I have a note. Oh look, a dude we don't care about. Yes, how many times does this happen? It reminds me of the dude from Carol. Yes, that's what I was yeah. just thinking. He's like the same dude where we're just yeah. like, hello, dude, please leave. Yep. Please and go the thing away. is, every time I never remember their names. I, okay, here's the thing. I wrote down his name. We, we actually don't think we learn his name in this scene. We learn it later on. Which is definitely, like, on purpose. Yes. And the yeah. only reason that I do remember his name is because his name is Brant, and mm. it is... A, the worst. Yeah. Apologies to any Brants who are listening, but come on. (laughs) Yep. And also because it just makes me want to make a meme where I just have his picture along with the text. They're good queers, Brant. That's (laughs) that's what I want to do. So there you go. We meet Brant. We don't get his name yet, but we definitely learn that he is just a giant dud. (laughs) (laughs) he is a potato (laughs) he is a potato oh my god yes Yes. amazing yeah he's the worst um he is also noticing this is where we really start to see olive like you know that um that picture of christian stewart staring at Kate Blanchett, yes. Kate Blanchett. Of course. That's basically this scene with Olive and Elizabeth. Like, she Mm -hmm. is just, you could, like, put little hearts over her eyes. That is how she's staring at Elizabeth for, like, this entire scene. Yep. It is obvious to us. It is obvious to everyone. She has this great line of, like, I think you're magnificent. Like, yeah, you do. Yes. I <laughs> love, well, that's, that is one of my favorite parts of the f- movies when, of course it is, 
when basically the men leave and it's just the two women yeah. sitting talking. Yeah. <laughs> your your favorite part of the movies are when the is men it? go away. I mean, there's definitely more favorite parts coming up. <laughs> Which okay, sorry. While we're talking about the men going away, I do think there's something that I want to comment on that is so perfect. And I know it is actually it's real. It's his, it's you know historically accurate. I mean, it's not super historical here, but it is a real fact that Elizabeth Marston was born on the Isle of Man. Um, which she explains to Olive in the scene. And I just think there's something so awesome about having one of the, the, you know, two women, like half of the inspiration for Wonder Woman, who lives on an Isle of, of no women. men, uh, yeah. to have been born on the Isle of Man. Like, I just think that's kind of awesome. There's just something yeah. so, like, perfect about that. I love it. Yeah, especially for Elizabeth. Yeah. For sure. Um, the other thing that I have to shout out in this scene is Mount Holyoke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of course, Elizabeth is a moho. Speaking of Mount Holyoke, this is an aside, but okay. I was at Queryoke the other day. I love this already. And I was in the bathroom. <laughs> and you know, you just like overhear conversations in the bathroom. Yeah. Someone goes, why didn't we hang out when we were at Mount Holyoke? And she goes, probably because my ex. And I was like, <laughs> what a gay conversation. I came out and I said that to them. And they were like, ha ha, you're right. Uh, and did you say, what year are you? Oh, my God. Do you know my podcast co-host? I should have. But you I was just have. like, you know, uh, quick joke. And, and I got to get out of here. Moho's everywhere. There's a lot of us in Boston, actually. Yep. I do miss the uh, the Boston Moho scene. So, yep. Good times. Good times. Are we ready? To jump to the next very important scene, which is testing the lie detector. Hell yes. Dun, dun, dun. So, Bill Marston, hooked up, got straps around his chest, got things on his arm, He's, he is all ready. I love that they always do these things in, like, it's the middle of the night, pitch black. You know, they have this kind of, like, dark mood lighting as they test these things. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, the lie detector itself is, like, so sexual. Like, maybe yes. just because of that, like, their interaction. But yeah. they make it such, a, like, a sexually charged thing. Yeah, right? It's, like, yeah. it's almost, like, some of the things, because don't they have something that goes around their leg? And I'm, like, it's literally, like, you know, doing the garter at the wedding and stuff. Yes. Like, Yes. Yeah, it's, like, very... It's very physical. Yeah, and it's a lot of, like, you know, setting the scene for, like, the the ropes to come down oh, the line yeah. of, like, let me tie this around your chest, like... So, testing the lie detector, and he is just making things up left and right. They are getting a ton of false positives, and Olive suggests maybe the lies aren't meaningful enough. You know, we need mm -hmm. to get... We need to get to serious stuff. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So they start getting some more serious questions from Elizabeth, and she decides to just, you know, go for knock, it, knock it out of the park with, are you in love? Well, first she asks, you know, does he love his wife? Does he love her? Yes. Which he does. Good, good man. Great check. <laughs> good. But then are you in love with Olive Byrne? And that lie detector goes freaking wild. Oh, damn. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is just unavoidable that he loves both of them. Yep. And, you know, of course, Elizabeth is like pulling no punches by doing that. So yeah. that happens. She walks out with Olive hot on her heels. Oh, God. This part got yes. me so 
bad Lily. I was just like, oh my God, she's going to come out and like apologize and like something. But then when she is like, you're stupid. I'm not in love with him. I'm in love with you. I'm like, wait, what? That scene still is just like, ugh, Yeah. (laughs) I have so many feelings about it. Like, then because she is like, she's so, you can see it in Olive's, everything about her physical, like how she's playing this scene is just, she just wants so badly for Elizabeth to love her back. Yes. You know, like you can just see that where you can see that she's like, I'm hurting you and I know that and I don't want to and I it's not about him. It's these feelings I have for you and like also just goes for it, like lays one on her, which I love. Olive, in some ways, it's funny, like Olive kind of has this really interesting dichotomy where she is very much the submissive in that Mm -hmm. relationship, which, you know, G-String King will comment on later on, but also sometimes like takes control steps in and takes control when Mm -hmm. she needs to it's strange like i feel like elizabeth is hesitant and it's hard to figure out why but a part of me thinks like for all of her feminist stuff she is uncomfortable with gayness yeah you know like to her because even to her it's like first thought is this is a hot girl she's gonna fuck my husband (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like that's her first thought is she's concerned about the heterosexual dynamic she like i don't think it even crosses her mind about herself and olive yeah well and it's also it's interesting because i think there's just a lot of things in which elizabeth despite being open about them, is a little bit more repressed about mm-hmm. some of the sexual parts of their relationship, you know? And so it's really, what I love about it, though, is there's a lot of places where she's not going to be the person to take that first step. She needs someone else to do that for her. Like, so she needs to know that someone's going to be there to catch her. And then mm-hmm. as soon as she knows they are, she is, like, 100% going to go for it, you know? Yeah. But... It, it Yeah, it takes her that she needs that extra little sense of security, I think. And mm-hmm. what I love about that is how much they they play that in each other, um, that when she needs that, that's what Olive's going to give her. Yes. You know, but for now, she is not quite there. Not there. <laughs> yeah, not there. Despite the excellent kiss, which they're mm. very clearly both into, Elizabeth's going to push it away at this point. I love that we jump back to the hearing real quick uh, with, you know, the the woman describing all of the very overtly homoerotic things in the Wonder Woman comics. And she, yes. she's like listing them off. And I'm like, mm, this woman gets it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, so can I read all these? Yeah, or, right. Where can I find these comics? Thank um, you. Yeah, she also has, you know, she comes out with this lesbianism is an emotional illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, maybe she doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. She's doing it for me, but she's not doing it for me right now. I you know. know. Yeah disappointing she's like so close she's so close yeah she definitely is dominant yeah that's the thing she's talking about this shit i'm like you would like it you- <laughs> <laughs> horrible sorry forget um, i said that no let's not because you but know never. how we could find out is like hook her up to a lie detector test because yep. next up is elizabeth's turn on the lie detector Ooh. we're all gonna take turns it's I, it's great and i love it um and we're gonna I, i'm gonna hold my thoughts about this until we get to olive's turn on the lie detector test elizabeth's going next she is hooked up she is talking to 
her husband, who is trying to help her unpack her real feelings about all of this. Just as as a side note, um, because one of the times through, uh, I did watch this with Kelsey, and we get to this scene, and she just goes, we should get a lie detector test, then we could have real conversations. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Because they do, they kind of use the lie detector test in the movie a lot to, like, you know, here's an excuse to get to the bottom of your real feelings, which I just think... Is amazing. They're like I said, they are so brutally honest with each other. Yes, because they legitimately have to be. Because this lie detector test will say you're yeah. not being yeah. honest. And I kind of love it. You know, like I love that idea of just it's like radical honesty. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something. There's something about that that's so beautiful in a lot of ways. I think it's the same thing as, you know, for anyone who has watched uh, Sense8, it's part of the the whole underlying thing in Sense8 as well, right? Like, what would it mean to be connected in such a way that you cannot hide your thoughts from people? Yeah. That there are people who know everything that you are thinking, that you are feeling, that that you can't have secrets and you can't lie. It's great. Like when you watch that happen and you're watching these real connections and these just these very brutally honest things coming out of people and being out in the open, like, ugh, it's just, yeah, it's something. Yeah. Every single lie detector scene was done so well to the point that like I could feel my heart rate going yeah. up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You felt like you were like in that seat with them. Being Your like, oh my god, what? Yeah, like, rising. what are they gonna say? <laughs> Crazy. You're like, say they asked me if I was aroused by this. Um, yeah, I'm like, and the answer would be yes. <laughs> yes. So, and that's kind of the takeaway here is, you know, getting Elizabeth to admit that she is kind of interested in this. She's not. She's not ready yet, right? Yeah. Because she still internalizes a lot of the shame around all of this. And that's her whole, like, the world won't let this happen. I love Bill. He's such a, you know, he is also such an important part of this relationship in terms of just the world can't stop us. He just feels so strongly about love and the power of love and the importance of love. And uh, it's very endearing. I really, really like that. Mm -hmm. Um. But what do we need for Elizabeth to change her mind? I think olive. we need well olive, but also uh, some inducement. Yes, we have moved into our next step in disc theory. The next part is inducement, and so something has got to give. So we first are going to try to be friends. <laughs> Yeah, not not a good idea. Yeah, that's going to work great, I think. No. Let's all be friends. Let's double date with you and Brant. Ugh. Ugh, Brant. Yes. Is this the scene where he's like, whatever you guys are doing, like, stop it. Yeah. Yes. This is yeah. the scene where they go on this double date and Olive still, you know, full on heart eyes at Elizabeth the entire time. You long for an unconventional life. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like one of those like weird games you play in high school where you're like, like, never have I ever or whatever. Right. Like all those yeah. like games where you're like, I'm going to tell you what you feel. You have a crush yes. on on me, don't you? Like, no, yeah. you don't. Right. You're in high school, so you're like, you have a crush on him, not me. Yep. And Brant can see exactly who has a crush on who. Yep. (laughs) 
and kind of calls Elizabeth out on it. You know, like, what are your intentions? Yep. Towards Olive, like kind of accuses her of uh, of seducing her. Yeah. Like kind of, you know, ruining corrupting her. Yeah. Yeah. Corrupting this this beautiful, pure flower um, that Olive is, which is like so funny. Just not. (laughs) Yeah. Like you literally don't know her at all. Right. And sort of bars her from seeing them again, you know, tries mm-hmm. to forbid her from spending any time with them outside of the classroom. That lasts real long. Yep. Because she immediately shows back up in their dark nighttime research study. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. To hook herself up to a lie yep. detector. Right. Because that's she walks in. What are you doing here? I don't know. Let's hook you up to a lie detector. Mm-hmm. And this is where I want to unpack some of why I love the lie detector scenes, because, A, you know, we haven't really commented on it yet, but this is really where we're going to see the start of this relationship between the three of them. And Professor Marston, I mean, in addition to just being a wonderfully queer film, yes. is one of the few movies that exists, I think, that's going to have a beautiful and positive polyamorous relationship oh yeah i mean so realistic this was real this is a real story well let's just let's be real and say at least that their family like descendant family members do sort of uh disagree with the with some of the uh movies events Oh, yeah. There are things that I think it's going to be hard to say are, are not accurate. Like they did, you know, Olive and Elizabeth did live together for the rest of their lives, as far as I know. And yeah, I think like their like grandchildren or something kind of came out after the movie was released saying like this. None of this is none of this is real. Um, none of this is. What do you mean? None of this is real. Right. So they sort of dispute some of the accounts or anything. So some of this, you know, the world may never know all of the exact details, but it does seem like there's there was probably a relationship. Yes. All right. So even if these are not real facts in terms of the movie. Yes. I think I do love how they treat a polyamorous relationship because I I was at Lee's house for uh, She Sings and I was reading The Ethical Slut, which is, for those of you who don't know, a book about polyamory and open relationships and all that kind of stuff. One of the things that they talk about the most is that in polyamorous relationships, you need to be so honest and i think that's like the main crux of this film because it centers around honesty Mm -hmm. they are able to have a healthy relationship yeah and of course there's jealousy like we see all that stuff happen but like they have to be brutally honest right and so that's like the only way that this whole polyamorous relationship can function well, I almost feel like there isn't actually any real jealousy. I think if there's jealousy, because I, I would I'm assuming you mean Elizabeth. Yes. And I don't think Elizabeth is actually jealous. I think it's misplaced desire. And I think mm. the only thing that she would be jealous of is that she knows that it would be easier for Bill to act on his desires in this case than for her to. Yes. It's going to be easier for him to desire another woman than her. Than for her. You know, yeah. and I think it's it's a lot of her trying to unpack that and accept that mm-hmm. desire and willingness to act on that desire more so than it's actual jealousy. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I think the the honesty and the importance of honesty and communication in their relationship is so crucial to um, everything in this movie. And the other thing that I love about it is that 
you know, when they hook Olive up to this lie detector and they they just lay it all on the line, like Bill's asking her these questions. Do you love me? Do you love my wife? You know, do you want to have sex with me? And do you want to have sex with my wife? One thing that I love about that is that they separate those two facts. Mm-hmm. Right. That this is not just like, oh, we all like fucking each other. Yeah. Like, do you want to have a threesome? Like it's more. Right. Yeah. Like they are all in love with each other and mm-hmm. they present that in the film in a way that makes it a fact. Like, yes. you are hooked up to a lie detector test. You cannot lie about this. This is not just a sexual thing of like, they just all want to do it. Like, they are in love with each other and the, and we are presenting that in a way that you cannot argue with. And I love mm-hmm. that. Like, that's such an important way to do it, you know, to really present polyamory in a way that I think is different than how it always gets seen. Yes. Um, and that's what they do here. You know, they hook her up and they just they make her step through it. What I love about it also is like she tries to say no every time and like just keeps trying to lie. It, and the little and the little thing it is keeps like, getting <laughs> worse, worse and worse. It's like you are lying even more. Yeah. But she's like so valiantly trying to lie about yeah. it and failing yeah. so miserably because, of course, mm-hmm. of course she does. She loves them both and she definitely wants to have sex with them both. Which yeah. like, let's jump into that, shall yeah. we? Well, I want to say one more thing before we <laughs> Okay. Okay. slow conversation just because i think it is there is a myth that to be in love with one person takes away love from another person yes absolutely. right or even like let's say this is a big thing in the ethical slot where they say like it's similar to if you are a parent and you have three children mm-hmm. if you love one of your kids does that mean you don't love the other two right no and we we very easily understand that when it comes to children when it comes to family when it comes to friends yeah but in the context of sexual and intimate relationships we as a society like can't wrap our heads around it yeah we're like no that is impossible (laughs) so that and and i think it it is great yeah Yeah, it is great that they put it in such a way that they're like both are true Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. But let's ju- let's jump into the sex scene. Let's, let's do some sex scenes. <laughs> let's get into the sex scene. Because what a sex scene. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. We start out in the theater, you know, just I'm going to comment on the theater real quick just because Olive walked past it before and saw a lovely, like, Greek show about Diana the Huntress and whatever. So the costuming is going to become important in the Wonder Woman development. But currently yes. the costume is important in the roleplay development because, you know, Olive runs away a little 
Elizabeth chases after her. They kiss again. Oh, yep. it's so good. And Elizabeth initiates this time, which is yes, really important. So yeah. important. Such a good kiss. Bill walks, you know, in to, to join them as well. And they sort of get that, like, the handout invitation. Yes. Ooh. Oh, God. And God, that music starts, right, as, as Olive. And I love that it's Olive who leads the way into, you know, starting this relationship with the three of them because of course it's olive yes so she starts walking up the stairs to go backstage as that super sultry feeling good starts coming on and oh my lord (laughs) it is like i feel like i'm on drugs when i'm watching yes that's that scene which is like i think the point you know what i mean it's like one of them is on top. Another one is like, um, like it's like just keeps switching off. Like, yeah, and they keep the rotating filming, roles, the and lighting, like, yeah, and then like the flowiness of all the Greek. Yeah, it's just so like flowy and like it's beautifully filmed. Yeah, it's beautifully put together. I also love. There's some really awesome, super subtle nods to the comic books. So you know, Bill is kind of dressed up in this very Steve Trevor get up with the hat yes and elizabeth is wearing a cheetah print coat which i'm assuming is supposed to be a nod to cheetah who's one of the you know nemesis a wonder woman nemesis in the comics um so they just you know they have this kind of great role play Mm -hmm. going on well and then of course the bondage is like very nod to the lasso of truth and like wonder woman's always tying people up yep So, so there you go. We have this really, really excellent sex scenes. We certainly love well done queer sex scenes because we get so few of them. So we have started our relationship. They are not subtle about it, which Brant kindly points out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they're in such honeymoon phase, but it's like, so they're like in public just being like, ah, like we're in love. And everyone's like, well, that's not really, even if. It wasn't polyamorous. She's a student and they're professors. Right. Yes. Yeah. So obviously not great. Not, and uh, Not great, Bob. And we just have this like rapid succession of consequences from this. So starting yeah. with Brant and Olive breaking off the engagement, which, you know. I don't think she cares that Brandt. much. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you. Not a horrible consequence. Not a horrible consequence, but a consequence nonetheless. So Brant's out. Also, Bill and Elizabeth are out. They've been fired. Yeah. Whoops. And then we have this great scene of, you know, Elizabeth again trying to say, like, we can't do this. This isn't going to work. It has to stop. And Olive coming out with, I'm pregnant. Yep. Whoops again. That really throws something in there. (laughs) Whose is it? Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Is it Elizabeth's? So, yeah. So now they have to try to navigate this, you know, what does this mean that she's pregnant? And what I love is I love Bill immediately being like, well, you know, you're responsible too. Yes. To Elizabeth or like you'd be responsible. If, If, yeah, if you, yeah. Right. (laughs) Which I do. Yeah, I love that. Too, which is just like it's, like it's ours it's both of ours yeah yeah um also i love it because i i feel like bill's interpretation of this thing is i wanted to know like what's the opposite of penis envy because i think he's having that right about now yeah where he's like <laughs> you know? i wish i wish that i could just have sex and well and also like he's like i wish you were responsible 
as well. In the way that I am responding. Like, he's trying to to make it be that way. So, yeah. So now they are uh, jobless and pregnant. And we jump to the next step in our disc theory, which is compliance. For now, what they have to do is comply to a world that does not want to make it easy for them. Yep. And they're all trying to do random odd jobs. Elizabeth keeps going on all these job interviews for jobs that she is far too qualified for. Oh my god, yes. I mean, same with Professor Marston, except he's trying to do his own freelance thing, basically. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write books on on being popular. <laughs> it's just yeah. they're trying to make it work. Olive becomes the housewife, and they have a baby. Oh, and I mean, I think the baby kind of becomes the clincher in that of like we have to make this work. You know, yeah, we have to make this work. We have to protect our children. And we have to come up with uh, an excuse, uh, you know, a, a lie, lie. Yeah. that will let us live in this world, right? Which they state very clearly in Bill's hearing with the woman commenting on Wonder Woman's secret identity. And they have this great, you know, she has to hide her true self from man's world, which like, again, what a mood. <laughs> yep. Yep. don't we all and so that's what they do they come up with a lie that's what they tell their neighbors is you know oh olive's husband died and now she yep. lives with the marstons yeah and occasionally they have lots of sex and she Some, sleeps in yeah, our bed but you know it's sometimes. just because oh, i love when they sleep in the bed together. i know when they sleep it's in the, the same bed that's it's so cute it. when she just like snuggles right in the middle of them and they have this yes. like little sandwich it's so cute uh, they're too much yeah they're also cute. so when they meet that woman that's their neighbor and mm-hmm. they're trying to introduce all the kids and whose kid is whose yeah olive says burn is my son her name is burn is his name burn burn i guess so i don't get it that's weird okay everyone i have done some quick research because i was just curious about that her last name is burn she named her son burn which also uh, weird but all of her children all of olive's children have the last name marston Huh. So his name was Burn Marston. And so I'm going to say however much their family wants to dispute this account of events. Something was going on. Yeah, no matter what. <laughs> definitely those kids were Olive's and those kids were Elizabeth's. And yes. whatever you want to say happened between Olive and Elizabeth, we're going to keep that we're shit gonna say, yeah. like this. Sure. Yeah. So whether they had the cute as fuck domestic life that they portray in this little montage, which I adore, it's where we get them climbing into bed together. It's where we yes. get my one of my favorite scenes is Elizabeth coming home from work. She takes the hat off. She kisses, you know, kisses the wife like, honey, I'm home. They do like mm-hmm. this great little like gender bent, like 1940s scene, which I just think is um, is the oh, best. Yeah. It's so great. Also, I think this is where they have the scene where he's playing with the boys and the planes. They give... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They give him the glass plane, which I think is also supposed to be a little subtle nod to the Wonder Woman's invisible plane. Yes. So he gets a glass plane, which I think is great. So I, I think it was great. I think they did a really nice job it's of so like, well weaving done. in these little elements everywhere. And I think what we're jumping to next is we're gonna get into the kinky shit in this movie yes <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's do it so bill's walking home one day walks past a store front display window with like a 
you know, it's kind of outfit, some little like you know, yeah, some seductress outfit stuff yeah. in the window, and he's like, "Oh, what?" You know, walks in to meet the owner and sort of try to buy a, a burlesque outfit for his wife for Halloween. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like of course, you do. yeah, of just course. A, co- a little costume. Yeah, a little a little role play for Halloween. And I love the conversation that they have. One because I I love when this guy is like. Are you on the vice squad? Like, to me, it always sounds like those things where people are like, are you a cop? Because legally you have to tell me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So they have that kind of conversation. um, And the end result is, in contrast to Elizabeth coming home from work with like, honey, I'm home. Bill comes home from the burlesque shop with like, honey, I brought porn. (laughs) (laughs) I brought some kinky shit. Let's do it. (laughs) He brings home so much porn. And they're like looking at it like, Bill this is porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's disc theory. And they're like, okay, well, disc theory seems to Has be Has always porn. been porn. <laughs> yeah, you realize disc theory is pornographic. Yes. We thought you knew this the whole time, Bill. <laughs> Bill, how did you not know? Um, it's all porn all the time. And so they expand on their porn by going back to the burlesque shop to watch him tie a woman up with rope. Yep. Like and do. then he's like, oh, well, let's try with Olive. And Elizabeth is like, no, Olive, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And she's like, I want to. Yeah. Elizabeth is super not into the ropes. She's not into it. What I love about it is she is especially not into watching a man tie up a woman. Yes. Right? Like when when Olive is like, I don't mind. And she's like, why the fuck don't you mind? Like she is not here for it. And, you know, kind of has to run out of the room, process a little, you know, we have to unpack our feelings a little more because they are like the gayest. Unpack our feelings a little more. While she's doing that, Olive just goes all out. She is like, let's put me in an outfit. Let's put a freaking tiara on my head. Let's get me some rope. And let's place me in this such fortunate lighting and mural behind me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, let's have this be completely magical. Yes. So that when Elizabeth walks back in, it is like, you know, in like a cartoon, if someone like screeches to a halt. Yes. That's basically what Elizabeth does. She is like, hold the phone. This is hot. I might be into this. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, and are you aroused, Elizabeth? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And again, here's why I love Elizabeth, because Elizabeth like fights and fights and fights and fights. And then as soon as she has Olive there to catch her, she is like 100% all in. Yeah. And so when she goes up and asks Olive, she's like, is this what you want? And the second that Olive says yes, oh, holy shit, you get this, then put your hands behind your back. And, like, I'm pretty sure Olive has an orgasm. Oh, yeah, like, immediately. When she says that. Like, I'm wondering if part of the audition for Bella Heathcote was to be like, can you look like you just creamed your pants? Like, Yeah, and she's like, oh, (laughs) easy, got it. But, like, in a really classy, like, elegant way. Yeah. (laughs) Because she does. She kills it. Yeah, so she does put her hands behind her back. What I also love about this scene is, like, I'm pretty sure Elizabeth must have not been paying attention to any of the rope tying instructions because she literally just, like, walks around her in a circle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To, like, tie her up. She's like, I'm just gonna, like, wrap it around you. (laughs) I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do how I want, so. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter, though, that it's, like, you know, not the perfect technique. They are both very into it. Yes. Bill is very into it. 
Of course. It's something. It's know? it's so, yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's I fine. I was like... Ellie and I are just going to fan ourselves fan a ourselves. little bit yeah, over I, It's <laughs> fine. It's all fine. This movie was... If you could put a lie detector on me right now, whatever. It's like... <laughs> this movie got me hot and bothered. Let's be real. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. The end result of that is somehow Bill decides he wants to write a comic book. It's, you know... Yeah, it makes sense. Supreme of the Wonder Woman, he pitches it to Elizabeth and Olive. I love their description of the comic book that he wrote, where it is like the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, yes, it's an Amazon. She lives on an island with no men. Paradise Island. And of course, it's paradise. (laughs) Of course, it's Paradise Island. And I love Elizabeth's description of all of her friends and helpers are sorority girls who have spanking parties and everybody fights Nazis and rides in an invisible plane. And he's like, Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> She's like, that sounds ridiculous. Oh, my God. So he does. He writes this incredibly kinky sexual comic. I think one of the best things in the movie is how they keep cutting in montages the different, like, yeah. of, you know, just panels, panel after panel of the original Wonder Woman comics because mm-hmm. holy shit. So much kink. There is so much kink. It's ridiculous. And of course yep. there is because he keeps getting these requests to like, you gotta cut the kink. You gotta cut the kink. And he's like, oh, I doubled down. I tripled down. I tripled down. It. I tripled yeah. It. <laughs> and you're oh like, my oh my God. God. It's amazing. Like, I love He's like, all kids the, need to like, know about dominance book. at an early age. They yes. need to know the disc theory. Oh, <laughs> like, it's so good. Like, so dude, he give it up. Give it doubles up. Doubles down, triples down. He is like, you know, fuck your rules. I'm going to put as much kink as I can in this fucking comic. And he does. Um, he does. Also, they put as much kink as they can in their lives. So they have this great, oh, yeah. like, oh, call out sick from work and let's stay home and like have sexy role play kinky sex. Like, yep. I love it. Except, know who doesn't love it? I know. Our nosy little neighbor who comes in bringing Ugh. them freaking cookies or whatever. I'm like, just, yeah. You're like, why would you open their door without anyone answering right. my not my note on the scene just in all caps just says maybe try knocking cheryl <laughs> like, <laughs> yes seriously like, who the fuck walks into someone's house you know yep uh, so she does walk into their house she does see them all very obviously having sex with each other yeah well my thing too is like well i get it they can have sex wherever they want in their house but of course like you're having sex right near the front door right yeah. You know what I mean? Also, like, you couldn't have had sex on the second floor bedroom. Right, like, go in your bedroom and, like... Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, you know, for the for the sake of the film... They get discovered. It is going to bring their world crashing down. You know, the kids are getting beaten up at school. Yep. Which, like, ugh, when he walks home and it just... Your little heart drops. I know. So they have to go fight with the neighbors. Which, also, what I love about the fight with the neighbors scene is, like... So Bill's there with Olive and Elizabeth... Arguing with the husband across the street. And then two women. Who's there with two women? Yeah, and you're like, who the who are they? Are they both your people too? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Like they don't explain it at all, and I didn't really get it. Yeah. I don't know. So Bill gets beaten up by the neighbor, and then Olive's gonna rip my heart out again. Yeah. So Elizabeth, again, just not quite brave enough on her own, kicks kicks olive out yeah she can't do it she said olive is the root of all of our problems olive has to go i can't and you can just 
there's and you can see like you can see olive knows it's coming knows what's gonna happen and once again is just devastated is just devastated by elizabeth not being willing to be as strong and as brave as olive is about these things you know yep oh and it's just it's a lot it's a lot they send it's her away they kind of have and this, then like, when she gets in the car and yes. um bill's like don't, don't go do this. or whatever and yeah. she's like you're not the person that needs to tell me not to go right he said he says don't do this and she yeah. says i didn't do this yep yep <sighs> and it's like so real Oof, it's so it's accurate. so rough so Olive ripping my heart out once again, and that kind of, that's what they try to do. They try to make it work as like almost, I mean, basically it is. It's like a divorced life. Family, you know? yeah. So they, they, she's dropping the kids off on weekends and, you know, trying to make her own life. And they do that until Bill leaves the hearing. So we have now caught up to the present day from the beginning of the movie, Bill leaving the hearing and sort of collapsing and, and getting rushed to the hospital. Uh, Which, of course, is the catalyst for Elizabeth to call Olive Olive. and and call Olive back into her And let her know she needs her. She needs her. Can you please just come? I, oh, God. (sighs) So one thing real quick that I want to call out before we get to the scene where they all, you know, talk through it is just there's this beautifully filmed sequence when he's in his hospital bed and they have this sort of backlit, blurry, silhouetted scene where it's he's looking at the doorway and you see it's the two of them, but they're walking in one like in in a row, like one behind the other. And so you sort of have this one woman silhouette that breaks into the two of them, which is like so emblematic of like, oh, yeah, it's their role in this. But yes, so they need to beg Olive to take them back, um, which mm-hmm. Bill's more than happy to do. Yeah, Bill's like, all right, I'm in ease. I'm, yeah. I'm ready he's for this. Like, he's like, here we go. Let's beg. Yep. And well, Elizabeth is obviously not because she's Elizabeth. She doesn't right. get on her knees. Yes. She well, is. maybe she, you know, she does, but not in, you know. <laughs> but, but she, she doesn't beg. submissive in this relationship. Yeah, she is not submissive. It is a lot harder for her to put herself in that position admit that she's weak admit that olive is her weakness yes and that is bill is just pushing and pushing and pushing i love it because you can see him he's like get on your knees and elizabeth's like i'm not getting my on my knees and olive's like yeah get on your knees (laughs) yeah she's like oh okay you can kind of see her like you can kind of see her being the like submissive who's like "Ooh, is this what being the top is like kind of like yes With She's some super rolls into over it. here. Elizabeth finally does give in, you know, and there's this beautiful, like, I thought love wasn't enough. It has to be enough. Yep. I can't live without you. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, I know. So much. It's so beautiful. And then Olive, and this is Olive I love is so honest because this, I think she has this one line that really kind of wraps up everything about what Olive is in this movie where she just says, like through tears, I want you to love me for all of my days. Yes, I and can't. it's like that's it. That's all she wants, and that's all she's and then ever she wanted. Does like she just wants Elizabeth? I think especially to love to her, love her, and for yeah. that to be enough. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. my god, it's so much. And she's like so honest when she says it, you know. And it just it breaks ugh. your heart. It's a lot, and that's but we, the beautiful it's why thing about end... it is that that is true. Yes. Yeah. It's why we end on submission. It's why submission comes last because that's what Elizabeth, Elizabeth has to do. Has to do is to mm-hmm. be willing to submit. Yes. And we have this, you know, final 
scene as they're all walking away of, you know, kind of laying out the text on the screen saying, you know, this is Bill Marston passes away. Olive and Elizabeth live together for, for the, the rest, rest of, of their, their lives. Days. And then uh, the closing credits, we get all of these photos like actual photos of the three of them you know inventing the lie detector testing the lie detector mm-hmm. and then the one photo of the two of them as little old ladies i together. know it's so cute oh my god my heart in a boston marriage for all yes intents and purposes and they're so adorable mm-hmm. and they lived together for the rest of, rest of their days <laughs> it's it's so beautiful it's so beautiful. It's just, it's a lot. This movie is so great because it's like, it's so beautiful and it's so kinky and it's so, you know what I mean? Like, it's like every, like, yes, like, yeah, uh, it's a roller coaster. What is, what is normal? A normal person would be like, oh, or normal, quote unquote, right. so depraved, so... polyamory and kink and whatever. <laughs> and, but it's about love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the real takeaway here. And that's it's why I love it, because especially I mean, it's still such an important message now, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was an important message in 1928. It is an important message 90 years later, you know, that that it does. Love has to be enough. And (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I feel like this is like so much more serious than we usually get. But like, it's so real, you know, and I think it's something that so many of us still have to navigate and still have to learn. Mm-hmm. Because it is, there still is a lot of shame and a lot of judgment and a lot of stuff that you kind of just have to be willing to say, but this is a good enough reason, yep. you know? Yep. And that you have to be able to say, I mean, that's the thing is like, it was incredibly difficult for them, you know, to do that. It is still incredibly difficult. I mean, we get emails and messages from listeners all the time who are still not able to live openly. Yep. Um, not out, don't feel safe, don't feel comfortable. And that is still such a reality, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think like having a movie like this that is so well done and is so honest and is so open about these things, both from the queer sense and from the polyamorous sense, I think both of those still yeah. face a lot of, of shame and judgment in our societies. It's just, it's beautiful. It's really, really touching. And it's just so important to have something like this out here, which is why we wanted to do a Less Central on this It's just, what a great movie. It's such a great film. If you haven't seen it, see it. If you have seen it, watch it again. Watch it again and again and and again. watch it again with our drinking game to lighten up the mood. Yes! Oh my god. (laughs) Right? So, here are my rules for the drinking game. Number one, every time we talk about one of the letters of the disc theory. So anytime he writes on the board, right? Dominance. Dominance. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Wait. Anytime they lie on the lie detector test, that will get you pretty drunk. Yeah, right? Especially that scene with Olive. Good Lord. Yes. Anytime one of them is tied up. Nice. Which, yeah, where that will also get you pretty drunk. Anytime there's a three-way situation. So I say situation because I mean like, sexual or otherwise (laughs) yeah so anytime like the three of them are having are having their kinky sex anytime the three of them snuggle in bed because i just love that moment anytime elizabeth says men suck yes yeah done do it anytime elizabeth complains about men 
Yes, for sure. We are drinking. Anytime a feminist icon is mentioned. Yes. So basically when Ethel and Ethel Byrne and Margaret Sanger are mentioned, but they get mentioned a few times. Yeah. In the movie. Anytime Olive cries so that uh, we can make ourselves feel a little bit better. Yeah, we need a little something to lift our spirits. (laughs) And then anytime we see a plane. So the plane that, the big plane that they fly or those little glass planes. The little planes. Oh, they're cute. Yes. Those are all of our drinking games. shout out to to the Wonder Woman plane. And if you do the drinking game, please let us know. We always love hearing from you. Oh my God. And knowing if you survive. Nice. Godspeed. I think, Ellie, it might be time. <gasps> For Q and Gay? For some Q and Gay. Let's do it. Q, 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 and Gay. Okay, question one, Ellie. Pick yes. one of the following. Domination, inducement, submission, or compliance. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm totally going to have to say submission, giving away Ooh, my life. There yeah. you go. Woo! <laughs> my mic just hit me in the face. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to leave that in there. Your mic's so, trying to dominate you. It's fine. Yeah. My, even my mic. They were like, oh, you want to submit? Okay. I'm going to say submission. Nice. All right. Here's my question for you, Lee. Okay. Would you be good at tricking a lie detector test? Yes or no? Uh, here's what I'm going to say. I am an excellent liar. All right. I don't know if you've ever played, like, you know, those games um, like... The Resistance, or I think there's one that's called like Secret Hitler. Oh, yeah, Hitler yeah, yeah. I know what you're something. talking about, where you have to be a spy and then you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I am really good at those games. I don't know if I could fool a lie detector test, but I, I do seem people. to be able to fool humans. All right. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, okay, Lee. But I'm a pretty good liar. Nice. You're an actress. Yes. I mean, it does have to do with a theater background, yes. 100%. Yes. Okay. Question three. Best Angela Robinson essential, Debs or Professor Marston? Oh my god, that's I so know. hard, Lee. I know. I'm not pulling any punches either. They're very different. Uh, I really, I mean, this one we just recorded, so, but I really like it. I think it went well. So, okay. Professor Marston. Professor Marston, there you go. Yeah. All right, Lee. Okay. Here's your question Are you in love with my wife? <laughs> god uh no yes or no i am not to, not to say anything bad about no. i mean i don't have a wife so. you're, you're but i had to use partner. i had to use the same wording she's i feel like i still want to write it like we need to put it on twitter just and you can interpret it however you want however you want nice yeah. okay next question favorite canonically queer female superhero wonder woman Batwoman, Thunder, or Mystique? Oof, I love Mystique. I think I know, she's right? so gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, agreed. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence and Rebecca Romaine. So, uh, like, yeah. In the movies. Yeah. Like, and she's just a badass. All about Mystique. So, I have another question. So, I'm going to take over the last question spot just because I think we, we have to ask what would you choose? A normal life, quote, normal life, or. An unconventional life. Unconventional life, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Obviously. Here we are, nice. Lee. Nice. Yes. And remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. Let me hear you say hip, 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 hip
we absolutely love hearing from all of our listeners and we love building this community. So we just want to take an opportunity every episode to shout out some things that we loved that we've heard lately. Yes. And one of those things is on our Instagram. So we have these We Moon planners. Um, they're basically like... Like a calendar. Like cal- a, It's a yeah, calendar planner. and planner, but it also um, goes along with the moon signs and astrology, which like, of course, lesbians love astrology. So I posted on our Instagram story, the date for our live show, and then a page of my astrological sign, Pisces, my year in review. Wait, I didn't know you're also a Pisces. Yes, I am a Pisces. Oh my God, are you a Pisces? Pisces? I am. Wait, what, Lee? OMG. We're both Oh my Pisces. God, how have we not, have we known this before? People I are going to be like, guys, this. you talked about this on episode five. We're going to be like, no, uh, we didn't. Well, we, I don't think we did. We, I guess we haven't, but so we were both Pisces. Too... Did you know that Amy and Ellen are also both Pisces? <gasps> That's amazing. Yes. Uh, so let's start a club. Okay, cool. Yeah, clearly we're doing well. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Brianna Taylor on Instagram. She DM'd us asking for her year at a glance for cancer. Yes. And Pisces and cancer are very compatible. So oh, are they? that's all I'm saying. Excellent. I just feel like lesbians love astrology. Yeah. And I just wanted to shout that out. Like, Which let's... if you do, you should get one of these Wee Moon planners because it will hook you up. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And as always, we want to thank our top tier patrons, our Pisces friends, Amy and Ellen. <laughs> as well as some of the others, Pisces or not, of our Lesbian Jesus patrons. So Kayla Kelly, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, and Michelle Ray Thomas. Thank you so much to all of you. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. And make sure that you subscribe on whatever you use to listen to podcasts. That way you will get new episodes as soon as they are available. We're also posting on our YouTube channel every other Thursday this season. So make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. If you want to help support the podcast, there's a couple different ways that you can do that. The first one is totally free, totally easy. Rate and review us on iTunes. It just helps more people find the podcast. And another way to help to make us hit our fourth goal you guys are crazy (laughs) is to donate to our patreon at bit.ly slash les patreon you get access to some cool perks like viewing parties for our les essentials yes we just had our viewing party for professor marston super fun as always and we would love to see more of you at our next one so you can do that at bit.ly slash les patreon you can also check out our store at bit.ly slash les shop we have tees we have tanks we have totes we have mugs we have baseball tops we have all sorts of good stuff check it out keep an eye out we have a lot of sales going on right now during the holidays so if you are you know waiting for a good excuse i guarantee there's gonna be a sale coming up or that's happening now so keep an eye out and go and buy some swag yes and we are also doing a campaign for the Trevor Project, which you can donate to at bit.ly slash Trevor. Another way that you can help support us right now is if you cannot make it to the live show yourself, tell your friends, let them know, share the event, get the word out. The more people that know about it, the better. So that would be huge. We would absolutely appreciate it. Love you guys forever for doing that. Yes. So yeah, just help, you know, tell people that it's happening. 
Yeah, and we have a Facebook event. So if you just if you just put into Facebook, Les Hang Out, our live event is the first event to show up. Yes. Super easy to find. If you want to find me individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at LSH Foster on Instagram and Twitter. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, we have an original song titled I'm a Wonder Woman. We're so excited to share with you. So be sure to stick around after sign off to listen. And with that, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And, and Les, Les Hang, hang out, out Again, again soon. soon. Les. Hang out. I will not be second best. I will not be silenced by their condescension. If you think that I'm impressed by their rank pretension, I should mention that I expect to earn their respect and their trust. I'll never settle for the life they allow. to bend for love cause it's the only thing I can't live without I'm a wonder woman you can't break me I'm in control my destiny is resting in the palm of my hair I'm a wonder woman you can't make me fit to your mold I know what I deserve so you'll never Possibilities of my abilities Caught up in their idea of me What they might fail to see All my proclivities Why should we submit to the rules that they give If we prefer an unconventional life Whether our endeavor is foolish or not You'll never win if you're Pop.